And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This Show is All About You, a show about how you, in all the ways in which you and me connect as we, and what that means for all of us. I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Uh, you can find out more about me at my website, which is wordsbyjdk.com, and on my social media feeds at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up my last name, W-Y-N-E-K-E-N. You should find me rather easily. would love to chat with you and uh, just have some conversations about whatever. Uh, welcome to episode 52. Woo-woo! <laughs> 52 for January 3rd, 2022. Uh, Happy New Year, uh, everyone. I hope your uh, celebrations were wonderful and grand or whatever it is you needed them to be to be meaningful for you. Uh, I'm excited. It is episode 52, which means one year, one complete year of this show is about to be in the books. And I'm pretty excited about that and really grateful. And so uh, to reflect that, the title of today's show is One Year in the Life of Us. Because even though I've spent a lot of time talking about my perspective on this, it's been about connecting and kind of putting out questions that all of us can relate to or ideas for all of us to consider. And so I do consider it a year of kind of us in that sense. So in that spirit, the haiku for today goes like this. Looking behind us works best when it is followed by moving forward. Looking behind us works best when it is followed by moving forward. So, uh, yeah, we are going to take a little bit of a, a retrospect uh, retrospective look today. Uh, but before we do that, I want to, uh, again, thank Airway Science for Kids for sponsoring this show. They've been a fabulous sponsor since they came on a handful of months ago. And uh, Airway Science for Kids is a nonprofit based down in the Portland, Oregon area, which provides life and career pathways for underserved youth in aviation and aerospace. They do that in a, with a combination of in-house programs that they can do both on-site and virtually. They also are a a community connector and facilitator organization that helps uh, students pretty much get access to whatever it is they need to build healthier individual lives, find career paths, and to help strengthen their own families and communities. It's wonderful work. It's innovative and it's fun. And if you'd like to know more about it, you can check out their website at airsci.org, A-I-R-S-C-I.org, or you can reach out to them directly via email uh, using info at airsci.org. So thanks to them. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, it is week 52. Uh, I'm excited that a year has gone by. I'm amazed at how fast it's gone by. And so what I wanted to do today was kind of take a look back a little bit and then maybe uh, pitch forward uh, in the spirit of the haiku about what will be coming uh, coming next. So in preparation for the show, I asked, I guess, my own collection of powers that be that uh, have been kind of my inner circle on this show since day one to uh, consider what kinds of questions or topics uh, they would want me to cover if I was looking back on the show, maybe giving people a little bit of an insight of what it looks like to do this and what it's been like for me uh, for the last year. And so I've compiled all of them together, and uh, I've uh, got my, my producer, Stacy Heller, in studio, and she's going to ask the questions that everybody pulled together. Uh, but I want to make sure I thank her at the, uh, the outset, along with Ask, but thanks, Stacy, for being uh, with me uh, from the very beginning and helping me conceive of this show. So thank you, Stacy, for making that happen. It is an honor and a pleasure. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. I also want to uh, make sure I thank Eric uh, also, who runs the board and runs all the technology, uploads all of this uh, for everything that he does. He's always behind the scenes. He doesn't get enough attention, in my opinion. Uh, so, Eric, thanks so much for uh, everything you do to make this show happen. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So... 
Uh, with that in mind, uh, Stacy, let's uh, let's go down memory lane a little bit. Uh, where let's... should we start? We're just going to kind of keep this free flowing today. Okay. So it's been a year. Yeah. And one of the things that I want to talk about is kind of where and why and how the show started. Mm -hmm. So you and I worked together on Building from the Bullet Hole. Right. My first podcast. Your first podcast. It was kind of an author's podcast intro of me as an author and a writer. Exactly. Right. And you evolved during that series. (laughs) That's true. And then the opportunity to do something a little bit different, more structured Mm -hmm. uh, on the radio, that presented itself. And so talk to me about that kind of where you started versus where you ended oh okay and by ended meaning with this show yes like okay the kind of like the show. like cotton eye joe where did you come from where are you going <laughs> <laughs> okay it's not as rapid fire as that i can right and no um, dance steps required well i originally started doing i did uh building from the bullet holes a podcast to talk about the alternate fiction novel that i've written and that i'm still pitching for publication called Crello's Inferno. I wanted to give anybody who was interested in that and in my larger writing a platform to learn more about me. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and that was 12 episodes, and that can be found at wordsbyjdk.com in its entirety, so you can go back and, and listen to that. It's got a lot of my personal story, my background in it, that I haven't covered as much on this show. And uh, I did 12 episodes, and it, it kind of came to a nice conclusion when it was done, yes. uh, 12 episodes. With and a penultimate episode. In the last. Uh, the, yeah, the last episode was in particular. It was, uh, I recorded that right after the, the murder of George Floyd, and it brought up a lot of uh, passionate ideas and thoughts and feelings in me that I decided to share in that last episode. Um, and it was far and away the most popular of that, of, of that podcast. And so that got me thinking, okay, what do I want to do next? I took some time off from that, still pitching the book. And when, I, when it came time to think about doing a second season of Building from the Bullet Hole, uh, I wasn't quite sure where to go with it. And then when the option came up to do a weekly radio show here at uh, 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle, I thought, wow, I could go on every week for a half hour, as opposed to an hour for those. Uh, And who knows where I could go? Mm -hmm. Who knows what kind of audience I could build? Who knows where it might go? It was more about what could I do next? And I would sort of figure it out on the fly, right? Fly the plane while I'm building it. Right. Right. As were. So certainly building off of that and talking about the book and um, and whatever else came up. But it seemed like a good opportunity to broaden the spectrum of the things that I could talk about beyond that and hopefully right. broaden the audience. And that has happened. Very much so. I yeah. mean, I think in the last episode of Building from the Bullet Hole, you really bought you really brought your personal perspective about what was going on at the time. You mm-hmm. really wholly stepped into You intimated a lot at your story, Mm -hmm. and certainly people that listen to all 12 episodes get a sense of you, Mm -hmm. but you really stepped out from behind the veil in that last episode Mm -hmm. with how you felt about things, and I think a lot of feedback that you got from that podcast was the fact that a male being in touch with their feelings... (laughs) And talking about things and showing that you have deep thoughts about things and that you can be introspective and whatever. Mm -hmm. So it seems like this show started out as a way for you to say, yep, that's me. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm going to continue to be authentic. And by the way, there's others out there like me. Yeah. And, and I, I, that's a good way to say it. I think uh, for me, the realization coming into this show was, all right, if, if I can connect with people that way or people are connecting with that, what would it be like to cover a multitude of topics week by week? Not necessarily planning them out fully in advance, even though I kind of did that at, at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would that be like? What would what would resonate with people? There was there was a sense of possibility to that. It's like, well, what if I talked about this? What if I talked about that? What if it wasn't just about the book? What if it was about other big, you know, big concepts or uh, things like that at first? Maybe that would work. And so when I came into the show with that freedom and with that regular, you know, once a week kind of thing coming in, uh, it gave me a real opportunity to dig in and take a good look at what I was about. What did I really think and believe in? How was I really feeling about various things? And then hopefully to give everybody a snapshot week to week of just what was going on for me, what was going on in the world around us, whatever it might be, and hopefully approach it from perspectives that people hadn't heard before or don't normally hear. That was the goal going in. Right. Well, and in the beginning, there was a definite shift from, I would say you started out the show where you would have a monthly theme that you would touch on something. And it was a more kind of personal, but like, you know, personal, but also universal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Abstract conversation about things. Oh, yeah. Just like a month long conversation about love in February to go with Valentine's Day, right? That wasn't exhausting at all. (laughs) Four episodes about the challenges of love. What does that mean? Right. You know, it was like that for a few months, uh, which I, I don't regret doing. I, I certainly and I, and there's some I think there's some really good episodes in there that I that I enjoyed doing that that were helpful. But uh, it was a lot at times uh, to get there. And it still felt and for a while it felt broad, mm-hmm. really broad. What was I digging into and some of the feedback I was getting again from inner circle was, OK, wow, you're, you're bringing up these great points. And then because it's so broad, move on to the next thing. It doesn't necessarily dig into the next. Right. right? Dig in deeper. So. I started to think at that point maybe it would be good to kind of narrow focus and then go deeper, but I had to find what my strengths were, mm-hmm. I think, and that was sort of sort of led to the next development of things. Right. Well, and I think then uh, talking about kind of current events, your personal response with then a historical perspective, oh. and while you have an area of expertise you know, and, and some things you can bring up your expertise of World War II and, mm-hmm. you know, Nazi Germany and, and all of that. Um, you also are not afraid of doing some research and <laughs> doing a deep dive into let's talk about this and what's going on right now. And, you know, is is there a, a cycle of history and do things repeat themselves? Mm-hmm. And so talking about those things, because uh, all that's gone on in the past year, hopefully mm. it's making people... Um, be a bit uh, retrospective. Right. Or at least open to uh, admitting there are many things they don't know. Uh, that was that when I mentioned going going deeper and what are, what are the angles that I need to take, that's eventually where I ended up mm-hmm. was uh, I had a good friend of mine say to me, uh, why aren't you talking about history more? That's really what you know about. You should give it, you should give it a shot, you know, pick something like, you know, some, some uh, anniversary of something coming up. And I'd done it in my writing. You know, mm-hmm. wordsbyjdk.com, I commented on the January 6th insurrection last year, yep. um, uh, among other things, on the election, 
on all those controversies. I was more than willing seemingly to write about it, but for whatever reason, it hadn't migrated over into this show. And so I started doing that and it seemed to really work. It felt right for me, which was the number one thing was it just felt really congruent with who I am, what I'm about, what I like talking about. But then that's when I really started to get feedback, right? A lot of feedback um, on, on things because um, I was surprised by that. There's, there is a, uh, a, something about history that when I think when it's presented in ways that are familiar and not haughty or hoity-toity or right. from up above to down below that people really want to know about and connect with. And so that was the angle I started to take was a little bit more of a historical-based thing. That was the first step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. people definitely resonate with that. I love that, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, you had a whole bunch of feedback from people that listened to the podcast, listened to the show, mm-hmm. that had questions and follow-up. Yeah. And that's something that I know sitting across from you each week and watching you, that is something that makes your tail wag. So anybody that is listening <laughs> to the show live right now or that is listening to the podcast, he loves that. Ask him questions that, you know, he that you might want a... Um, a current perspective on or clarification about and you're not willing to do the research, he will. He loves that. <laughs> I do. And and the thing about history is that is it's easy to say that current events can be informed by history, but it's a much diff- more difficult thing to do for a lot of people in saying, how is it that way? Particularly when you hear people from all sides of a various issue throwing around some element of history, saying history teaches us, history teaches us this, history teaches us that. Um, and it can get really confusing, just like it is with anything else. Like, what do I believe? What do I not? What's a trustworthy source? What's not? Mm-hmm. And um, But there's a lot of misnomers about history as well. And I, I've been battling that when I was in education. I battled that for years, was this idea of, of what do people think history really is? <laughs> you know, And it's a recording of what we know about the past. It's not the past in its entirety. Uh, and it certainly can inform where we are today and why we are the way we are. It doesn't do a great job of predicting the future, but it can do a good job of saying what might not be happening, what's not possible. Uh, but really at its best, it's history is a conversation, even though it's about facts and even though it's about what happened and the importance and, and the effects of it, cause and effect, causation, all that. It's really at its best when it's a conversation between people about not just what maybe happened, but why it happened that way, what it means, and how do we connect with it from now as human beings? Uh, how can we find it relatable if it happened 2,000 years ago? I think we can. Right. Um, 20 years ago, we, we certainly can. You know, th- those types of things. And I think when history is pitched as a conversation rather than a entrenched line, I'm going to be on this side of the argument, you're going to be on this side of the argument, and we're going to shoot at each other until one of us is left standing <laughs> Um, when it's treated as more of a conversation, it's more productive and I think it's more engaging. And it gives us a chance to really take a look at the possibilities that, not just that we might be wrong about something, but may- maybe we can look at something a little bit differently. And that really started to gain traction for mm-hmm. me in how I was conceiving of the show, probably f- a three or four months in. Yeah. Well, um, and, you know, as a listener, um, being reminded that there is a bias to history, that while there are facts... There are also, there's always more to the story. Sure. And that whomever is retelling it, um, you know, depends on what side of the the line that you're on, right? So the yeah, two me. people shooting at each other. <laughs> and then um, I think you do a very 
good job of reflecting the humanity that it's really not history that's repeating uh, itself. It's people are making the same <laughs> dumb choices over and over again. Yeah, it, it's it's never this, quite the same. It's never exactly the same, but it's it's it does show um, human proclivities over time, right? And some want to call that patterns. Some don't. There's all debates about how to, how right. to call it that. Uh, what matters is is that it is it is part of what informs all of us or can inform us all of us what it means to be human. And also what things to really watch for and champion and what things to avoid and target for, uh, you know, either avoidance, elimination or right. whatever the case may be. And, but it's, and it's a lot harder than people think in the sense of how does one reach those conclusions? Uh, it always pays to read more than one book on a subject, right? right. Uh, and, you know, or drawing something from one documentary you've seen or one movie uh, doesn't take you very far, you know? And for me, the, the difference now is, I mean, yeah, I know a lot about Second World War, the Cold War, Nazi Germany, those things, because I had specialized training in that. Right. But my specialized training as a historian was also about how to effectively research, how to filter through stuff, how to identify what a quality source is, how to identify the flaws in arguments or gaps in evidence. Those are things that I can do just reading a book or reading an article that I've been trained to do. Yep. And so for this show, when I bring up historical examples... I'm not afraid to go to ones that I don't necessarily have a specialty in because I know with giving myself enough time, I'm going to know how to filter enough through it mm -hmm. uh, to put out what I'm confident in putting out right. in those things. And I think that's that's true for anybody with anything. And, and one of the great things about this show for me that way has been because I'm, I'm sort of outside of the educational sphere. I normally. was going to ask about this. It's, okay, go ahead. So... <laughs> Uh, the fact that you have gone ahead and you'll talk about current events, uh, you'll give a historical perspective, mm -hmm. you'll have a personal point of view. Um, it's interesting um, the impact that it maybe has on your personal or professional life. Now, when you were in the education space, mm -hmm. I think it's ironic that as educators, you in a way are not allowed to speak as freely Mm -hmm. about things as if now that you're working with ask mm -hmm. you have a lot more autonomy in the things that you can talk about and conversation is education right and so it's interesting to me so i kind of wanted you to comment on the freedom of being able to <laughs> to um talk now yeah. that you're not in education anymore yeah, which is so weird it is weird and it's a sad statement um what i will i will say just here is is uh I'm glad I stepped away from formal education because in a lot of ways it's, it's, it's a mess that while it may not be solvable or fixable in any way that we would recognize, I'm just glad that to not be a part of it one way or the other. Uh, it is, it was really restricting in that sense. Uh, and there are things you have to think about when you're, uh, when you're a teacher or a professor or, or, you know, when you're giving instruction and that type of thing and to not be in that and to be able to then bring it, I guess, into the public's, sphere like this is kind of the great antidote on some level, I think. I was frustrated as a professor many times by the fact that I had students come to me who had been woefully prepared historically and then also with writing and critical thinking to really succeed not just in my class, but in a lot of endeavors I think that are necessary to be an effective, you know, productive citizen. Uh, and it was really frustrating. And there was always a feeling uh, that why was this my job to clean up? You know, right. And uh, that was certainly, you know, a little grandiosity there for sure, you know, that I could even do that. 
But what I like about this is that, okay, if that's not going to work, you know, the classroom environment has so many of its own issues. And a lot of these things are being talked about in public now, maybe mm -hmm. not effectively. Why not throw myself into the mix to hopefully talk about it in a more informed way? It's one of the things I've been taught to do. It's one of the things I care about. I love having those conversations, particularly when they're with people who are willing to have a conversation, right? Willing to be open to different ideas because I try to try to be as well. Uh, that was a lot more exciting for me and, and has been. And the feedback that I've gotten has been really rewarding because of that, because it's been people going, oh, wow, I didn't think about that or I didn't know that. Uh, what can I do with this next? What mm -hmm. would you suggest next? And that's going to stand out for them, I, I would argue, precisely because they didn't hear it in the classroom. 100%. Because it wasn't being thrown at them as something to learn. And that's, that's you know, you mentioned ask in that, that, that sense. That's what's so fun about ask is that those kids are learning about that at a non-school environment, but it's, it's informal education. Right. Well, it's... You, but very real education. Right. Very much so. You yeah. become much more uh, vested. It's more tactile. It's more multiple... Personal. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Okay. So um, in addition, do you... So you have another podcast that you co-host. Yeah. And do you think that this show helped get you to that place as well? You're talking about breaking up with our BS, uh, yes, which, uh, which is also a weekly show uh, and can be found on all your favorite podcast platforms and on 106.9 Warm in Seattle on Saturday mornings at the very bright and early hour of 5 a.m. Uh, but yeah, the shows have cross-pollinated. Uh, that show is, is sort of about the importance of being present in our lives and kind of where our, for lack of a better term, to integrate our mind, our emotions, our spirit into kind of recognizing more of the reality of our life and what things we can control, what things we can't and the BS stories that get in the way. Uh, they have cross-pollinated. Uh, they certainly have. And, and particularly in the last six months, I think a lot of the shows that I've done here reflect a little bit of that, right? It's uh, history in, this, in that sense can kind of cut through BS stories. It can cut through myths. It can cut through uh, nostalgia. It can cut through outright lies. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's part of the appeal of it. It also can do things like, hey, you know, society has believed it's on the brink of, of the abyss for, for as long as there have been people. Right. So chances are we're not on the verge of the abyss now. Right. That doesn't mean you don't take it seriously, but keep some perspective. Right. There, let's keep possibility in mind. How did, how did those crises in the past, how did they resolve themselves? What were the most effective approaches? Who were the people who were most successful in navigating that? And what can we emulate or learn from them? Mm -hmm. Uh, so it does inform that. And then the history side does inform that show as well. It's one of the things that, that my co-host, Tawny Santabria, really likes about what I contribute is bringing the history side in. So, yeah, they have cross-pollinated. And certainly between the two, I've learned an enormous about, m amount about myself uh, personally, but then also what's a really effective way to use this medium to, to talk about those things. Yeah. Right. Well, and uh, the freedom that there has clearly been an evolution um, there has. from the first um, building from the bullet hole to your this current show mm -hmm. to breaking up with RBS. Um, mm -hmm. How has that impacted you and your creativity? Because, I mean, <laughs> you're a writer and yeah. you've got a bajillion things going on at once. I do. You know, it's funny. I've I've for whatever reason, I lagged behind in really staking my claim on what I thought and what I believed in on various things 
for the podcast side as opposed to the writing side. The writing side, that came a lot earlier. No trouble putting those my opinions on things, my feelings on things. Hopefully they're informed in writing. That's not been a problem. But doing it on doing it on the air, putting it on a podcast, took a little while to follow. I'm not sure exactly why on that. I do know on some level that, you know, I always wonder how things will land or uh, how people will respond. Uh, I tend to, historically, I tend to care more about that than I probably should. But what has felt good and what I started focusing on instead of that concern was how can I put forward stuff here that is useful, interesting, and can get people to think about things without it having to feel so threatening, which Mm -hmm. is often so often the case in our public discourse, whether it's about history or anything else. It's almost like the idea that confrontation is what is required to get people to pay attention. I just don't think that's true. Presenting things out there that are interesting and presenting options and presenting perspectives, I think can be engaging, but I want to not shy away when I really think that this is what we should call this or this, this is right. not a good thing. Well, and isn't that a teaching tactic that when everybody gets loud, you get quiet and yeah. then people start to quiet down to be able to listen to what the person's saying? One hopes. And that's also like a good parenting <laughs> tactic, right? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know, the whole idea of... Uh, not joining the chaos and instead right. being part of the calm. Right. Um, so, I mean, that feels like it's a reflection of the growth that's happened for you over the course of this show. I think so. Do you have any favorite moments? Uh, that that show you mentioned a few weeks ago of getting feedback around Pearl Harbor and, and getting to do a second episode follow-up behind that was really good. Uh, the episode uh, on about Boeing a few mm-hmm. weeks ago uh, was probably my boldest episode where I was the angriest coming in, as well as after the unva- the evacuation of Afghanistan. I think coming in and doing those uh, where I was really clear on what I felt and mm-hmm. really clear on what I thought and really clear on what I wanted to share, uh, that felt good to put out there. you know. And, uh, and I think I did it effectively in a way that was clear, but also mm-hmm. not confrontational. Right. It's not that confrontation by itself is bad. It's just I'm much more interested in connection and engagement in that as a replacement for just the battle royal that so right. often happens around history, around current events or anything like that. There's a way to change the narrative there, I think. And I'd like to at least continue to be a small part of that. Well, there are different ways to have a mic drop, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, true. you don't just have to say it and then walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, almost more powerful is saying it and right. and sticking around. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I hope to continue that uh, going forward. Look at this, Stacey. We're out of time already. I know. So what's the plan? The plan is uh, starting next week, uh, more of that, more of sort of the, the historical approach, kind of a, some about history or some about current events, how I'm thinking about it, how it's affected me, how I think it, it, um, it affects all of us, and then maybe some calls to action on what you may or may, or may not be able to do about it. So next week, we're going to start right away, right out of the gate, talking about the one-year anniversary of the insurrection at the Capitol. So that's going to be next week. So make sure you come back for that. So thanks, Stacy. Again, thank you, Eric, for all your help. And thank you to all of you who have been listening, whether you're brand new or whether you've been listening all year. Thank you for being a part of this show. It was all about you. Could not do it without you. So happy to have you along for the ride. Looking forward to another year as we go on. And uh, between now and next week, everyone, uh, chins up. <laughs>